like the podcast. For people that don't know, this is Catherine Delahunty, ex-Green Party MP. She has liberated herself and left Parliament. Um, we're sitting in... Where else are we sitting? Valley Road. Valley Road <laughs> in Mount Eden, um, in a garden somewhere. Yeah, yeah. So I thought we'd uh, have a bit of a catch-up with Catherine just to find out what she's been up to since she's left Parliament. Um, yeah, we're dedicating this podcast to... At least the five people we know that are that are listening. Fantastic. <laughs> there might be more. There might be more. Who knows? Uh, so anyway, you've left Parliament. Um, how do you feel about it? Oh God. Um, how do I feel about leaving Parliament? The sun is shining. Yeah, it's like I don't have to listen to Morning Report religiously, as if they were this fountain of all wisdom. I don't have to. I don't have to be in a, um, basically in a Harry Potter boarding school full of egomaniacs. I don't have to put up with all of that kind of paranoid shit that goes with, you know, competing for your place to have a voice to stand up for what you believe in. Yeah, like, I mean, you know, yeah, I miss being like, um, meeting some amazing people, but they were all, they were all outside Parliament, to be honest. So you're, you're, you're new but old authentic self now? Yeah, new but old. I don't know about her. yeah, yeah. I think old is the operative word. <laughs> I, I'm 65 and um, still alive, and there's a um, lot I want to say, and I'm writing some shit. So I've just started. I've, I'm, I'm doing my memoir, but I've got okay. stuck in the 1980s because the music was so bad. I can't get myself out of that terrible trap. Damn. Yeah, but I'm heading towards um, writing about some of my experiences in, poli- in formal politics, but my whole life's been bloody politics. So, yeah, it started in the 50s when we were dragged to our first demos in the pushchair at the age of two. So, yeah, I'm just doing that. I've also just written an alphabet for assholes. So, like alphabet for assholes? Yeah, yeah. So it's a series of poems, 26. Oh, wow. each, each For each letter of the alphabet, the first poem starts with A. A is for asshole, a very useful muscle, <laughs> except when stuck between the ears of a man. <laughs> Bean is beers for binary, and it goes on from there. Really. Are, is there, are there any of these assholes have any names? Anybody uh, get a special special mention, special asshole name? Ah, uh, not not necessarily. I think it's a generic asshole attack. Oh, okay. so just generic um, assholes. Yeah, oh, right. I, I, and I'm still working on them because they're, they're 26 different poems. Um, I think I got inspired when I did my Question Times Blues show when I left Parliament. Tell I, us about the Blues show. I did the Question Time Blues show with my my sister, who's a director, and we we I wrote. I wrote these hate poems because I'd sit there in the house and just sit there going, oh, fuck, this is awful. <laughs> so I'd write poetry about how awful it was and how idiotic the whole rituals are, like the Westminster um, classist um, so-called wonderful democracy rituals that are just so oppressive around the, the mace comes, the mace bearer comes in and it's got to be yeah. a military man and he's carrying a huge golden orb so he can whack you over the head. I, it's I like, love it because it reminds me of Hogwarts. Yeah, I mean, it's more violent, actually. <laughs> <laughs> it's kind of it is kind of Hogwarts, but um, you know, like like there was there isn't any magic. Yeah. <laughs> so I wrote I wrote these poems and I performed the shows in Wellington and Auckland. They um, did two seasons at Bats and one at Kew, and it was really great doing it. It was really therapeutic. It's like doing your doing your therapy post Parliament in public <laughs> and making people pay to see you do it. <laughs> but it went it went good, and so I think that has inspired me to write the um, alongside the memoir I'm working on just to write the. Um, the alphabet for assholes. So you know, it's it's not it's not a sophisticated piece of work, but it's an expression of like you know, like I is for incel because my um my wonderful assistant at Parliament, Hermione Grace, he told me about what incels were. I didn't know what they were. I, I don't really know what. Uh, in they're, they're involuntary celibate men who go on Facebook and have have groups where they attack everybody else who gets to get laid because they don't, and it's all. 
and they're all like women are our sex. Wow. It's just Is that yeah. What that stands for yeah incel yeah. That's fucked up. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So I'm writing about that stuff as a kind of relaxing side to being a campaigner on a whole lot of issues. Yeah. So you're still raging against the machine in Coromandel? Yeah. Yeah. Only forty mining, years. Mining? Yeah. Yeah. Forty years isn't long. I mean, people people say, oh, 40 years, but actually, when you think about Tangata Whenua around uh, in the Motu and Indigenous peoples, the length of struggles around the world and being Irish, like how many years? 700 years of English occupation. 40 years isn't long, but. It comes in waves and we're just facing yet another wave. And of course the Eustace um, Hugs and Kisses government, you know, the Hugs and Love government said on the speech from the throne they'd ban all mining on, on Dock Landit. They just haven't done and it. What happened? What happened? Nothing. Nothing. Yeah, nothing bloody happened because they're scared because they challenged oil and gas that they're scared to... You know, the gold mining industry is a tiny part of our economy. It's really, really like a small number of jobs. And and yet while they're, while they're you know, farting about... The mining industry is pushing again into our raw here, and so yeah, yep, yeah, hardcore. So anyway, let's shall we talk a little yeah. bit about parliamentary politics. Um, the well-being budget was your being made weller with this budget, Catherine. I think it's more like the sort of the well, well, or the you know, Mr. Bean budget, really. I mean, <laughs> it just it's kind of like you know, had all the had all the branding, but what was behind the branding, Ike? You know, you know, all this love and hugs and well-being, and then they still couldn't. They just couldn't give solo parents who can't name the father. They couldn't take that that twenty-six dollars a week that they owe them. They couldn't give it to them now. They have to wait another year. It's mean. It's yeah. the well-being. It's a mean being. Now you don't do that to people who are struggling to feed their kids. Come on. If you've had the revelation as a as a prime minister with a baby that motherhood and kindness is important, for God's sake, be kind. And that means doing something practical. I'm really not interested. Mm-hmm. I mean, they did some good shit. Jen Logie got some wonderful stuff through. The mental health stuff is a start. You know, it's not all bad, but like, you know, it's really like I'm we sorry. Could, we could level up. It's just it's just labour business as usual. Yeah. You know, why don't they call it that? The business as usual. Don't scare the horses. Make sure we still get capitalist investment budget. Uh, we've also had the zero carbon bill come out. Have you got some? You got? You feel emotional about it? Or I feel zero about it. <laughs> you feel zero about the zero carbon bill? I feel zero. I mean, to say I was disappointed would have been I would have had, I would have been expecting something better, but I wasn't. I just knew that the the, the 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 leadership around the climate issue, which is just a symptom of the failed economic system, that you know capitalism and the works have failed and have driven us to the brink. Like, the leadership's not going to come from Parliament. It's obvious. They're too bloody scared to actually say what needs to be said and do what needs to be done. The zero thing, there's no teeth in that bloody bill. Like, I suppose, you know, the young people in my um, Rorohi are organising a submission writing party. I suppose I should write a submission. But, like, you know... Even if thousands and thousands of people tell them that, you know, technology won't save us, we need a, we need to go on an emergency footing and put bloody, uh, start rationing and start bloody um, uh, doing the main thing, which is de- dealing to corporatism, they're not going to do that. Yeah, uh, I remember I was reflecting on something, um, some folks have been saying there's a big massive out clause in it that you can drive a bus through. Yeah. Um, which is possibly... A green bus though, a green bus, Tiana. <laughs> <laughs> That's the main thing. <laughs> Gluten-free green bus. Yeah. yeah. So, yeah. yeah. You, you, uh, kind of, you know, like looking overseas, I mean, you're, we were talking about economics yesterday as well, um, and, I'm, and I'm thinking of folks like Sanders and AOC and Corbyn as well, uh, you know, kind of really questioning the current economic paradigm. Um, we don't seem to be doing that here, not not in the not in the parliamentary sense of politics. No, no. You uh, what, what, what do you think? Where's the fear? What, what's the fear about naming... 
the constraints, the economic constraints. Well, our history is one of the most extreme neoliberal experiments is why we've got to this weird place so that, you know, government's too scared to challenge the idea of growth. And, you know, the Greens haven't said much about that lately, um, that growth is actually killing us. And I think that that the fear is um, we won't be popular if we tell the truth. I mean, we're not going to be popular if we're all dead. So uh, to me, it's kind of like, yes, you may not get... You've got to bring the people with you. Now, I think the Prime Minister built herself some major political capital over um, acting like a human being, yeah. just an ordinary human, decent human being, over the, the, the hideous terrorist white supremacist attack. She acted like a human being, but she built political capital because that's so rare in politics to <laughs> act like, have an emotional response and show it to people rather than being a goddamn robot. Robot. But... She could have used that to shift the de- the debate because you know before, you remember before the um, the coalition government got in, Winston said capitalism was a failure. Do you yeah, yeah, that? yeah. But and capitalism has lost its something rather face. Yeah, 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 yeah. And 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 Jacinda made similar comments about it's not working, but you know it's all disappeared now that they're important and serious and in the government, and um, the coalition's not doing it. Yeah, yeah, like like because. You know, we've got the biodiversity crisis, we've got the climate crisis, and then, of course, on top of all that, the inequality crisis. Uh, I mean, you kind of get to a point where things are a bit obvious. You'd think. Um, but, yeah, and just, why, why do you think people Oh, no, so just be kind, though. Just be kind. <laughs> That'll make it all nice. Like, if we're just kind to each other as individuals, we don't actually have to change the system, but we just nice and smile at homeless people instead of stealing their blankets, that will make everything okay. That's, that's the... That's the mantra of kindness that irritates, as you can see, the living daylights out yeah, there. Yeah, yeah. Well, h- how do you how do you move people? Because they're like dug in, dug. Well, which people are you talking about? Parliamentarians? Oh, how do you move them? Because you just vote them out and try and get some. Yeah, I mean, it's like whoever flicks their switches. Yeah, know, yeah. Like their the people, and also, well, I think I think that leadership and changing the frame. Um, people respond. I mean, there's a lot of work that's been done on this. You know, we used to look at it a lot in the Greens. There's a lot of work that's been done on on how you frame things. And if you call out people's best selves and say, we want to live in a society where all families have a roof over their head, have access to enough money to feed their own kids rather than get beaten up by work and income every day. Like, you can call out people's best or you can call on their worst. Now, the problem is, you know, you see the white supremacists, they call on our worst, the, the othering, the you know, all yeah. of the hideous stuff that is actually embedded in a colonial settler society like Aotearoa. So, you so can, all this kind of stuff yeah. is calling out, calling out our best? Is that what you're saying? Or no? Well, not... Well... Yeah, sort of. I mean, I think it works in some circumstances, but I think it's more than just talking about words. It's like actually saying what it is that everybody needs. Like kindness isn't kindness without a roof over your head and without enough money to feed your kids isn't really working with, yeah. without clean water. So it has to be the politics of kindness needs to be the politics of robust and practical and realistic um, revolution. You know, actually, yeah, yeah. that's what it should be. But it's, you know, and, and I'm all for kindness and compassion, but they're meaningless unless you actually put them into um, practical demonstrations in the way that you pass laws and the way you allocate budgets. And we're not doing that. And I think we've got a long way to do go. But I think people respond well um, if they actually see how it connects with them and that it's actually going to mean something to them. And I think 
we haven't really got a choice about the, the kind of twin tropical crisis that we're in and we have to start being braver and talking to people in an honest way about how we like it's no good just doing a sort of Pollyanna everything's going to be fine we just yeah, need to build yeah. some solar panels unicorns, it's actually unicorns and rainbows yeah and yeah that's not actually going to cut it but yeah there's stuff we can do that brings out the best in and in, in, in what's left of any concept of social justice the problem we have is is that you know we're a racist colonial society that's been completely sucked into neoliberalism so you individualism is what people respond to yeah. in the Pākehā culture. So Pākehā's like... I've noticed. Yeah. <laughs> no kidding! I didn't want to say but I noticed. Did you? <laughs> did you? Really? When did you? How early did you notice that? Uh, probably subconsciously as a child. and then <laughs> Possibly in the uterus. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, pre-birth, hey, I reckon. What, what about inspiration? Um, what, what is an... What is inspiring you at the moment, whether it's here or overseas? Yeah, well, um, there's inspiration everywhere, and it's a lot of it's. I mean, I did, I did um, watch the documentary about Alexandria um, Ocasio Cortez. Down the house. Yeah, yeah, and I enjoyed seeing that because you know it it showed. It showed the degraded state of American politics, but it also showed women organising and, and also the Hispanic community having a champ who actually was brave enough and winning despite, you know, the odds, which is always, you know, I love the underdog. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, so I, I, do, I do think that um, she's articulating some important things. And it's funny because the Green New Deal is something that the Greens, uh, we did talk about um, about 10 years ago. We developed a Green New Deal. And Tell had, us about the Green New Deal. Oh well, their green you did what the one their one. I'm not an expert on their one, but our one we were sort uh, of the trying to the green old deal now. The green old deal, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, the green old, the old green deal, yeah, man. Well, we we actually went to Oz and talked to the Aussie Greens about it as well, oh, yeah. and it was okay. We just started to do the work. It's when we had a bigger research team, and we started to do the work on, on where you could create. Um, a genuinely um, sustainable, just economies, but it was a bit too. It wasn't. It was a bit like the, we women felt like it didn't really recognise. Um, there's a whole dimension of um, greenness that gets into techie and planting trees, but forgets that caring for people is the real green deal. Yeah, you know, and caring for people are the jobs that are related to the caring and supporting other people and are the most important jobs that we have and you know like whether it's aged care or um, nursing or teachers aid or whatever all of those jobs and the ones that actually help us um, what is going to be needed and it was obvious with what happened in Christchurch is people who can can build community and and that's that's you know like that's why we I agree with the comment that Noam Chomsky just made that only indigenous people can save the world (laughs) because I think the cultural heart of collectivity has been lost in my culture. You will be surprised to hear this. (laughs) (laughs) That it was ever there, you'll probably be surprised to know. But um, That's not the harm of revolution, that's lawnmower in the background. (laughs) (laughs) You've shattered my hopes for the day. (laughs) Here was I hoping. Uh, Yeah. Um, Shall we talk about, uh, is there anything else inspiring? Oh. Besides AOC. Yeah, yeah. Um, I mean, in, in Aotearoa, I mean, I guess I work with a lot of inspiring people on the ground, so flex roots, grassroots people, and um, uh, it's inspiring always to um, to participate and support. Like, I've been going out to Ihumato and oh, trying yeah. to support cool. those fellas, and I'm really inspired by their the generosity, their their um, their passion for their whenua, the generosity of their, um, of their welcome, um, their... Yeah, just they're really like if you want to see kindness, 
those guys are really, really meticulous about how they're running their um, their noho. Oh, and, wow. you know, it's really, really, really well-run run situation and, and always with respect for people and, and the patience they have to have because they're near Tamaki. They get all kinds of bloody parkers with weird agendas coming out there wasting their time, but they're still... Um, you know they're upholding the the um the absolute cultural obligations in a magnificent way, and so you know I wish them all the best. So I've been inspired by hanging out with Pania and the crew out there. Um, I'm I'm you know I'm working on a lot of different campaigns, and you know I'm this week we've got West Papua um, visitor, yep. so I'm always inspired. Like last year we toured with a young man from West Papua, Wensi Fatupan, who's a filmmaker, and he's um, made it really clear that they're sick of Westerners coming over and making films about them and their struggle, and they're going to make their own films now. Do you, do you want to tell everyone a little bit about West Papua? Yeah. People well, probably haven't heard about Ihumato. Well, they should have. Yeah. Google yeah. Ihumato if you haven't, but uh, maybe something a little bit about West Papua. Oh, West Papua um, colonised in the 1960s with the um, blessing of America and the UN yeah, by Indonesia. Guys, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Go the UN, man. Went in there with their special repertoire and sat there with their eyes shut while people were forced to, uh, a hand-picked group were forced at gunpoint to vote for colonisation, you know. And that's been getting worse and worse. It's gone on for a long time. There's been a lot of genocide, structural genocide rather than um, massive. It's not Timor. But it's got that structural genocide whereby the, the culture and the people are being marginalised in their own country. Transmigration is what they call it, bringing in thousands of um, Javanese people into West Papua. West Papua's rich in all kinds of resources, so, you know, they really, it's beautiful, amazing ecosystem with some of the most rare um, plants and animals that have ever been seen on the planet. And they're mowing down those beautiful forests and those forest people's homes for um, palm oil and palm kernel which we buy in this country and for um, um, the cutting down um, timber like quila known as merbo over there which is um, being sold on trade me for people to build a nice um, deck so if you look at this deck here, it could well be, you know, like it's scary because um, tropical rainforest is not just about cutting down forests and, and cutting down our options for climate change. It's also about destroying whole cultures. And my friend Wednesday, he makes films about that. It's, his collective is called Papuan Voices. So we, we, we um, I'm in this group called um, West Papua Action Auckland and we host um, guests, but we've got a network all over the Motu, so Dunedin, Christchurch, Te Upoko, Te Ika's a bit all over the place but I have got I, you know when Rosa our mate Rosa Moywind who's here at the moment spoke at Parliament last week they, they had quite a few MPs there right. you know I worked really hard when I was in Parliament to build up the awareness of West Papua yeah, and, and I, I remember yeah and it good. actually is still there so um, no one's fighting like I was like I made it my personal thing but um, yep. there are a lot of people you know in Labour and the Greens who get it and that's that's a step forward so you know it's pretty tough um Pacific politics, I've learned a lot about that through this issue and I've learned to really, really honour and admire the country of Vanuatu because they've stood alongside West Papua. Everyone else is subject to Indonesian checkbook politics but in, um, Vanuatu are standing strong, strong on it and as well as doing a great job challenging the corporate criminals on climate change. So, you know, that's where I get I get hope from seeing my friend Ralph, who's Foreign Minister, Ralph Reginvani, Foreign Minister of Vanuatu, standing up on the world stage and saying there's 90 criminal companies and we need to take them to the World Criminal Court for what they've done to the Pacific. So for me, I think the Pacific uh, leaders... Uh, young leaders, there's some inspiring young Pacific leaders, as well as in Tangata Whenua here, and and you know there is there are there are great things happening. I'm working with a little group, or I'm not so much now, but I was last year, that set up to challenge sexual harassment in the film industry. They're called SWAG, Screen Women's Action Group, and they've actually forced the screen industry to really look at um, sexual harassment. Like people are doing awesome stuff. 
you know, like my mate Carol who, with the night, the, the day shelter in Whangarei. Yeah. The other day, and she was telling me the story in the weekend, the council clerk decided to clean up the streets of Whangarei. So they stole everybody's possessions that were lying around and where they sleep and everything. So they went to the police and choose, accused the council of theft. And um, in the end, they all had to pay, they got a payout from the council. <laughs> you know, they valued what they had stolen and yeah. they demanded that they re- they recompense. And they did rather than it hit the media. So I'm telling you about it. But, yeah, you know, that's yeah, that's the kind of stuff that, but people like Carol and who and the homeless community, like there are there are leaders in every community. We underestimate people because they're poor all the time. Um, because it's you, we should start at, from the end to the beginning. Right. Uh, treaty politics. Um, it kind of because that's how we met. Kind of in the whole. It kind of uh, goes up and down and cycles and stuff like that. Uh, what are your kind of quick reflections um, of where it's at and where it could be going or should be going? Well, what's I'm, stopping us from moving ahead? I'm excited because um, Warner Jackson is speaking um, in Tamaki uh, on the 15th of July um, on Matiki Mai, the constitutional change, um, which is the document that was produced from, from Tangata Whenua, and I'm excited to hear what he's got to say, but it's always a challenge in my culture is, where is our response? Where is our response? Where is because, response? Well, <laughs> I wrote a poem. <laughs> Oh, I facilitated oh, number 27. Yeah, 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 yeah. On a treaty, don't call me sweetie. <laughs> is, that, is that a rule for Oh, that was a rap that I did ages ago. Oh, okay. Yeah. I did a rap once for, just, to, just to amuse Nando once about, um, about um, the Green Party. Is, is it well-fed people saving all the trees while children are starving on their knees? You know, that kind of poem. And yeah, I just had yeah. that on a treaty, don't call me sweetie stuff in it. But, yeah, it's a serious matter. Like, we... We still have, and I think that um, the racism that has emerged in this country um, around the um, the practices of oranga tamariki and all of that stuff yeah. is incredibly, incredibly serious. And it, for those of us who work in Tetriti education, it's a bottomless pit of, of, of need out there. People just haven't examined their prejudices and their the racism that every every white person has. And, yeah. and well, so it's a lot of work to do. And, you know, the settlements don't help because they... As, as Moana has said, it, treaties are honoured, not settled. Yeah, one, one of the things that pisses me off is um, is, is the, a, this massive sense of a history, particularly within Pākehā populations. But whenever there's a, what I find, whenever there's a Māori issue on in the mainstream, they always drag out Don Brash. You yeah, know what I'm saying? It's yeah. like, oh, it's Māoris, or, yeah. or it's, uh, you know... And so he, they always drag out people who have no lived experience, have no expertise in the area, and it's usually... A guy like that, and they yeah. put him in multi-platform him. Uh, so, so for me, I see that as a massive part of the problem. Yeah. What do you think? <laughs> <laughs> well, I'll just load this question um, up, shall I? <laughs> um, I saw him speak at um, Waitangi, and I've what a bad speaker as well. Is a mumbling dinosaur? Like, really? Is that the best they can do? You know, this bring is the it. pinnacle of Pakistan. Yeah, society. yeah, yeah. Don't that's right. And no. if that's supposed to be the alternative point of view, it's just so inarticulate and pathetic. But it works because you don't have to be very good when you're the dominant group. That's the thing about the dominant group is that we're invisible to ourselves, and we think that that um, we are able to. Um, say things that other people we don't have to say it well we just have to say it because we're here and we're in power and that's it and we don't have to examine ourselves and that's the that's the thing about dominant group dominant group stuff is pathetic but yeah i just can't believe they can't find somebody a little bit better but um yeah so duncan garner news hub morning show if you're listening to this stop 
bringing Don Brass on the show put Catherine on your oh, show. Oh, no, 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 you don't know what happened. I was on the show you and it, it went bad. Oh, did you? <laughs> well, the first one was about... Disinvite, disinvite. Yeah. No, worse than that. The, right. um, what happened was, first time was okay. I talked about Christian Time Blues, and that oh, was yeah, fine. Yeah. And he quite liked me because we dissed Parliament together because he used to be a gallery, a gallery yeah, journalist. Yeah. He didn't like it. The second time was really scary because... It wasn't scary, but like we were having this trivial trivial discussion because it's not it's not really very interesting about who should be a saint or something in New Zealand I can't remember and I was on with Jordan the taxpayers boy oh, I know it's kind of like he's the, on the, he, the economic religious right yeah he'll be Don Brash yeah the, too but um what happened was after I said capitalism didn't work there was like a kind of gasp of annoyance and horror <laughs> and um I didn't hear this because then the program kind of finished. But Gordon was my partner was listening at home, and after after I said that, they played a line that was broadcast, which was a woman's voice saying, "Doesn't it make you want to vomit?" Um, that I'd said that, and I thought it was um, the only other woman in the room, Amanda Gillies, but it wasn't her because she denied it when I wrote a blog about it. It was a taped recording of Judith Collins that they have a button. They just press a button and they put these random quotes from other interviews and so that's how they dealt with me saying that was saying was pressing a button so that Judith Collins said doesn't it make you want to vomit so I don't really think Duncan and I have built sufficient rapport to be able to debate this issue in a very helpful way so they just keep dragging out that old dinosaur yeah 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 I mean you know can this ideology live forever it's possible but, you know, I think if you it look at... It can't outlive the planet. It can't I mean, outlive like the planet, planet, and it can't outlive its own demographics. And we are on the you clock. got four kids, I've got one. You're going to win. <laughs> That's a good thing. <laughs> yeah. Uh, anyway, we are running out of time because we've got to go to a hui. Um, any last reflections? Maybe uh, we might have picked up more than five listeners by now. It could be oh, six. Oh, that would be amazing. <laughs> well, to those six people out there, good on you. <laughs> Thanks for listening to us. Um, there is a lot of hope. But, like, there's hope sitting right here. Tiano is an inspiration. He hasn't given up on any of his co-pup. He's doing a great job. Oh, thank you. And we, we really, really need to remember that that we can, in our in our communities in Aotearoa, we've got fantastic leaders. They just might not all look like me. And they probably won't end up on Duncan Garner's show. <laughs> <laughs> Damn it! <laughs> Alright, kia ora, tēnā koutou i te whānau. Uh, koutou i are tāringa mai, kia, kia māua, kia Catherine. Kia ora, kia ora, ora koutou.